Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. So this morning, I have one but one purpose, and that purpose is for you to answer a question. And I'm going to help you guys get it right by, by telling you a story here. Um, when I was in high school, one of my favorite teachers, I, I used to love him for one simple reason. Anytime he was going to give us a test, he would always give us the answers. Doesn't that sound like a great teacher? He'd say, take out a piece of paper, we're getting ready for our test, and then he would read the question, and then he'd look around and say, the answer is this. Then he'd read the next question, and he'd say, the answer is this. And he'd go all the way down the line, and then at the end, when he was done, he says, okay, everyone has 100. And then he would say, put your papers away. And then he'd go back up to question number one. And then we would have an open dialogue about why the answer was the answer. Why is this answer connected to this question? Why is this the right answer? And I loved it because for him, it had nothing to do about the grade. It had everything to do about us learning and getting the concepts on the inside of us so that we could hold on to them for the remainder of our lives. The question that I want to ask you all this morning is this. Is there anything too hard for God? All right, so Justin believes that. A few other people believe that. So I'm going to give you all one more chance because I'm giving you the answer here. Is there anything too hard for God? Oh, I love that. There we go. Is there anything too hard for God to do in your life? No. No. You see, we have to get that on the inside of us if we're going to see the fruit of it in our lives. You know, I love it when I can hear stories of other believers who've, who've, who've believed God with everything and seen God move in their lives. Uh, Dodie Osteen, who's mother of Joel, um, Dodie Osteen in 1981 was diagnosed with metastatic cancer of the liver, and she was only given a few weeks to live. I remember this story because it's blessed me so much over the years. She talked about how she and her husband John went home and got before the Lord. They took the words that the doctor said to them, and they cast them out, and they chose to press in and focus on the Lord because they said, Lord, you're a healer, and we believe you, and we believe that, that Dodie's going to be healed. Guys, can I tell you, some 41 years later, Miss Dodie is going strong and doing ministry with our son, Joel, today. Why is that? It's because she believes that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. She believed it for herself and she received that. This morning, I want to share with you a beautiful story found in the book of Matthew. But before we get into the main piece of that story, I, I, I want to read the first few verses of that. And I think it'll really encourage you and really help us to, to be, begin to personalize it for ourselves. Uh, it's found in Matthew chapter 8. And in verse 1, it talks about, it says, When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. 
And then verse 3 says this. Jesus said, put out your hand. I'll put out mine. He touched him, and he says, I am willing. Be clean. Now, we'll get here in just a moment. I believe before we can see God move in a mighty way in our life, that we must, we must first come to, to the conclusion that he's willing. You have to know that God is willing to heal you, that God is willing to restore you, that God is willing to bring peace into the situation. You have to understand that he's a faithful God, that he's a good God, and he's willing to do it for you and me. That's the first step. You see, I, I, I've had the opportunity, I don't know if it was an opportunity, but I've been in, in, in ministries and churches where it, it, you walked out of there thinking that God only blessed some and didn't bless everyone. Guys, can I tell you, God's no respecter of persons. If God did it for Miss Doty, he's going to do it for you. You only have to believe him and believe that he's willing to do it for you. Now, as we go on in this story, in, in Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 5, it says this. When Jesus had entered into Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come to heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one to go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed to those and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subject of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you have believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. This story amazes me. It's packed with so much material in here, and I'm, I'm going to see if I can unpack it all for us. But here's the deal. If we're going to experience the power of God in our life, it has to become personal. I love when Pastor Allen says that. Pastor Allen always says, when the word of God becomes personal to you, it becomes powerful for you. It's got to first become personal to you. In several instances in the scriptures, we find this phrase that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. It's talking about you and I. We're called, we're required to live by faith. Why? Because when we begin this journey of faith and, and make a choice and a decision to walk by faith, it unlocks the power of God in every area of our lives. And so God wants us to grab a hold of this and understand this, that not only was this available to Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, not only was this available to Dodie Osteen and Pastor Allen, not only is this available to Justin and, and Janet and Billy, this is available to all of us, folks. That if we will simply believe him, become fully persuaded, become convinced that if he said it, he will do it, the power of God would become so evident in every area of our lives. I love this. The centurion had an issue. He had an issue at home. 
And instead of going to mom, instead of going to dad, instead of going to his financial advisor, instead of going to his teacher, instead of going to anyone else, he went to Jesus. Do you know that Jesus needs to be the answer for us all the time? That no matter what we're up against, that if we'll seek him out, he'll provide the answer and he'll provide the way out. I like his success rate. It's 100%. And when we get to that place where we're willing to come to him, I love this because the story shows when the centurion came to Jesus, Jesus' response was, I'll come. Jesus responds to our faith, but we have to respond in faith first. Have you ever felt unworthy? Felt like, you know, I'm probably a five out of 10 today as a Christian. You know, maybe it's just me, and if so, I'm just confessing before y'all today. I love it because the centurion, Jesus says, I'll come to your house. Centurion says, no, wait, hold on, no. Lord, I'm unworthy for you to come under my roof. I got some stuff I'm dealing with. Do you realize even though he had that stuff he was dealing with, he still knew he could go to Jesus? When you and I realize that even in our imperfections, even in our screw-ups, even in our mess-ups, that we can still go to Jesus, do you realize that he will still answer you? That's the kind of God we serve. He's not sitting here with a checklist that, oh, Derek slipped up this week. Ah, go handle that before you come back. No, the fact that the centurion moved in faith in spite of all of that, it caught his attention. Then the centurion said, you know what, Lord? Yes, I, I got some issues, but here's the deal. I believe in your word. I understand the power that's contained in your word. All you have to do is speak, and I know that issue is taken care of. Guys, we have to understand that there's power in God's word. Week in and week out, Pastor Allen gets up here, he shares his heart, and he encourages us to get into Bible 365, to get into our word. Why is he telling us that? Because he knows the impact it will make on our lives if we prioritize that in our life. You want to get into the word of God. The Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, meaning this, the word of God, when it gets on the inside of you, it starts pulling out all that stuff that's junk, that's not true, that's a lie. And the only thing that stands is his truth. That's why you want to get the word of God on the inside of you. About six years ago, um, I woke up one, one morning and uh, told my wife I wasn't feeling very well. And if you know me and my wife, we joke around a lot. And so uh, I, I said, babe, I'm, I don't feel good. And she said, ah, I'll rub some dirt on it, you know. And I thought, no, I don't feel well. And she goes, stop being a little girl. And I said, Gia, I don't feel well. And she goes, huh? And then I, I stood up. And I took a step and I fell face forward and, and, and smashed the table and she knew something was wrong. <laughs> Takes a lot to convince my wife, right? She ran over, she felt me, and I was burning hot. She took my temperature. I had a 104 degree temperature. 
She immediately called the doctor. The doctor said, bring him into the office. I went to the doctor's office. While she is checking me in, I'm babbling gibberish. I'm dizzy, and I'm, like, going back and forth. And the, the doctor immediately says, no, you know what? We need to get, to get him to the hospital right now. I was having these shooting pains in my side. I didn't know what was going on. They rushed me to the hospital. I'm in the emergency room. They start slapping things on me and putting stuff down. I mean, I, I've never been hospitalized. So this was kind of freaking me out, and fear was building up. And they take me in to do, to do an x-ray and come to find out the entire left side of my lung was full of bacterial fluid. And the doctor's like, we got to get this done, da you know, down pretty quickly because this is not good. His fever is up high. We've, we've got to figure this out. And so the doctor looks at me and says, Mr. Thompson, if we can't get this down, uh, your fever down and this fluid drain in the next hour, we're going to have to drain it the old-fashioned way. And she pulls out this needle, this big old long needle. And I remember I was in pain, but I remember in my head thinking, oh, the devil is a lie. You ain't sticking that in me. <laughs> so they wheeled me up. They put me upstairs in, in a room and um, got me in the room. And the doctor says, all right, Mr. Thompson, if it's not done, if it's not gone in an hour, I'll be back and we're going to have to do that. And as soon as she walked out, this nurse came in and this guy, he was all bubbly and, and excited. And he walks in and he comes in with these little deals that they're going to put on my legs. And I said, what's that for? And he says, uh, he goes, well, we got to put those on your legs so they'll massage your legs so that you don't develop blood clots. He goes, you know, if you develop blood clots, then one could go up and then you could die catastroph catastrophically. And you know what? There was a guy about your size and your height who was here last week and, uh, you know, had the same thing and he didn't make it out of here. But anyways, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. So now I'm having these visions of my wife being a single mom, my kids going to a life of crime because there's no guy there to kind of direct. I, my head's just gone. And I'm embracing all this fear, and I'm like, Lord, I'm not ready to die. Lord, I don't want to die. And then it dawns on me, dummy, you teach in healing class. What are you, what are you, what are you, do you believe this stuff or not? And so my wife happened to bring my Bible, and so I picked my Bible up. Again, pastor says, when the word of God becomes personal to you, it becomes powerful for you. So the guy left, I picked up my word of God, or my Bible, and I began to read. And I found this scripture in Ezekiel 37, 5. It says this, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I remember saying, God, I thank you that your breath is entering into my body right now and I will live. God, I thank you that as your breath comes into my body, it's going to cause me to live. God, I thank you that as your breath comes in, there's no room for fluid. There's no room for infection. Your breath displaces all that stuff, and I will live. What's happening? Now the word of God is coming off those pages, and it's going on the inside of me, becoming personal. And it's sorting out, you know what? That fear is not right. This doubt is not right. And then all of a sudden, physical things begin to happen. And I tell you, I, I meditated and I, I began to study this scripture for an hour. Nurse came back in, doctor came back in, they wheeled me down, and I can tell you, they took an x-ray and the left side of my lung was completely clear. Wow. Now what happened? There's power in the word of God. Instead of embracing the fear, Instead of embracing the words that that young man said, I chose to grab a hold of God's word 
and to believe him wholeheartedly. You see, we have to become fully persuaded, convinced that if God said it, he means it. And if God said it, he means it for me. And if you'll do that, you'll see great and mighty things happen in your life. Now, was it all over in that instant? No, I had to walk it out. They wheeled me back upstairs, and the, the, and the doctor said, all right, get in the bed, Mr. Thompson. I said, oh, no, ma'am. And I started pulling stuff off, and I, in fact, I took my robe off. You know that little gown that has nothing? So at one point, I was all exposed. I, like, I told her, I said, you know what? The Lord healed me. I'm going home. And she said, you can't go home. And I told her, I'm a grown man. I can go home if I want to go home. <laughs> and so they ended up discharging me. I probably rushed it physically because I was still laboring, breathing. I was clear, but my body had just gone through something that was very traumatic. But I wasn't giving in to my feelings. I kept that word on the inside of me. Lord, I thank you that when your breath enters me, it's causing my body to live. What did I do the next day? I came to work. I work upstairs here. And so what would generally be a real quick run up the stairs, took me about 15 minutes. I'd take two steps, and then I'd be gasping for air. But while I was gasping, I'd say, Lord, I thank you for your breath, and your breath is causing me to live. I'd take two more steps, and I'd say, whew, Lord, I thank you for your breath, and it's causing me to live. What was I doing? I'm walking my faith out. Two days into it, clear as day, able to breathe, able to run up the stairs. Why? Because I grabbed onto God's word, and it produced in my life. That's what God wants for us, folks. He wants us to know that there's power in his word and that if you'll receive that and embrace it, nothing will harm you. So the centurion understood that there was power in the word of God. God's word carries power and authority, but ultimately, it's a personal decision for all of us. I love that. You see, God didn't mean for me to have a relationship with him through Pastor Allen and Miss Joy. God wants a personal relationship with Derek. He wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And what that means is, is we have to get into his word and begin to understand who he is, what he provides for each and every one of us. Jesus looked at the centurion and he said, let it be done just as you believed it would. So it was a personal decision. Do you know faith is a choice? That no matter what comes up against us, we choose whether or not we want to believe God? You get a letter in the mail that says, you know what, we're taking your home. You can go off on a tangent and, and, and believe that you're, you're never going to get over it, you know, your, your life is ruined, or you can believe that, you know what, God can make the crooked places straight. That favor surrounds you like a shield. You may get a bad diagnosis and believe that the doctor says you only have a few weeks to live like, he, like, the, like the doctor told Ms. Doty. Or you can believe that God is at work in me right now, bringing about a healing and a cure. Faith is a choice. It's an individual choice that we all have to make. But if you'll always end on the side of God, you will never be disappointed. In Jeremiah 33, 3, it says this, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. 
God wants us to call unto him when we have need for an answer. When I was thinking about that scripture, I was thinking about the first time my uh, youngest daughter heard a busy signal. She made a phone call. She goes, Dad, I think the phone is broke. I said, no, baby, that's a busy signal. That's what, never mind, you know. But any time and every time you call on God, he's always available. And he will always answer. And you have to know that. But it takes faith to even take that step. Well, Derek, you're talking about faith. You keep saying faith. You keep saying faith. I'm not there. You can get there. Bible says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to all put ourselves in a position where we hear the word of God to where it builds our faith up to where it becomes strong. My wife and kids laugh at me because even now, I teach in classes, I get to teach up here sometimes, but I'm always working on my faith. And and I, I listen to things that encourage my faith, that build my faith. I have, and I am not ashamed to say, I have a SpongeBob boombox at home. And there are tapes that I listen to, cassette tapes. They're like these white little things that you put into it. I listen to old cassette tapes of of ministers that encourage my faith. What am I doing? I'm building my faith up. I'm putting in the work. You see, the Lord really tugged tugged on me early on in this because... I was willing to put in the work when I wanted to excel in sports. I'd get up early and work on my craft. I'd eat right. I'd work out. Why? Because I wanted to excel in sports. I went all in when I was in the corporate world and and wanted to go up the ladder. I read, went to every training, went to every seminar, did everything I could to grow as much, to make as much money as I could. Why then, when I came to church, was I unwilling to put forth the effort? So we've got to really hear what our pastor is saying. You know, guys, I, I love this. The Bible says that God places us in the body as it pleases him. All of us are here, members of the Ark Church, for a reason. He put us under the leadership of Pastor Alan Clayton for a reason. And the fact that pastor encouraged us week in and week out to get into the word of God It's because he knows once we begin doing that, our lives will change. They'll take on a new direction, a new path. And when life happens and comes against us, it won't impact us the way it used to. Why? Because now the word of God has a powerful place in our lives. So we want to call on the Lord. Matthew 17, 19 says this. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? And he answered, because of your little faith, your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God. Guys, we have to stay fully persuaded that what God says is true. There's a scripture in in, in the Bible, and it's not on the slide. It says this. It says, now faith is. It's in Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Sometimes when we start talking about faith, we think, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll eventually get there or I'll eventually be able to do that. No, the Bible, it's the, the passage says now faith is. You've got to be willing to, to walk it out now, to apply it now, to go hard in the direction of the Lord now. 
You have to make that decision. Early on in my relationship with my wife, I relied on her a lot to, to tell me what God was doing or how, or how I should respond. Then I realized that it's a personal thing, that I had to be the one making the decisions. And so you want to dig in and do those things now. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, for no matter what many, how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. In Christ, God says yes to all of his promises to you, but you and I, we have to believe that all of those promises of God to us are yes and amen. We have to believe that. We have to be convinced of that. And then in Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken? Will he not make it good? You know, um, we got here in 2004, and we came here because I got a promotion in the company that I work with. And um, those first few years, I was a, I was a mess because um, I'd come into an environment that I was not used to at all. And it was high pressure, high stress. Um, on a daily basis, I would get cussed out by employees. I would get cussed, cussed out by customers. I'd get cussed out by my manager. It was just stress, stress, stress. We were working 20 plus hours a day, so much so that I was not sleeping. I was snapping at my kids. I was agitated all the time. And I started having pains in my neck, pains all over my body to, to the point where my wife finally said, you need to go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor, and um, 15 minutes into the doctor's appointment, he's clicking, he's asking me questions. He tells me, you're clinically depressed. I said, I'm clinically depressed? He said, you're clinically depressed. I said, clinically depressed. He goes, you're clinically depressed. <laughs> I said, okay, I guess I'm clinically depressed. And so he goes in this closet, he comes back in, gives me a bag full of pills and says, go take these for the next two weeks, come back, and we'll see how we need to make adjustments. So I go home, and my wife said, how did it go? And I said, well, the doctor said I'm clinically depressed. Guess I'm clinically depressed. She goes, you're clinically depressed? I said, yeah, I'm clinically depressed. <laughs> and she goes, so that because the doctor said you're clinically depressed, you believe you're clinically depressed. I said, well, he is a doctor. She said, what does Jesus say? Amen. Yeah, you say amen now, but I wasn't like clapping in. I'm like, who you tell me what Jesus says? <laughs> but when she said it, when I, when I quieted my mind for a minute, this scripture that I had been reading in the past came up on the inside of me. Found in 2 Timothy, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That phrase, sound mind, went off like bells and whistles on the inside of me. Soundness of mind. Guys, when I tell you, when you are anxious all the time, stressed out, worrying, you can't sleep at night, when you hear that phrase, soundness of mind, you want that. And I remember saying, God, you've given me soundness of mind. Sound Lord, thank you for soundness of mind. Lord, I thank you that you are willing to give me soundness of mind. And then as I'm saying that, another scripture came up because I wasn't sleeping at the time. And it says that God gives his beloved sweet and precious sleep. So I remember saying, Lord, I thank you. Not only do I have sound mind, but Lord, you give me sweet and precious sleep, sweet and beloved sleep, Lord God. It belongs to me, Lord, because, because you are a God of your word, and I know that I can receive it right now. Can I tell you, 
My wife said I went to sleep and she thought I was dead because I, I slept so hard. She said she was poking me and I didn't move or anything. What happened? I embraced that, that scripture wholeheartedly for, me, for myself. And it began to work in my life. Not only that, the things that used to bug me didn't bug me anymore. In fact, as I began to focus on that scripture and stand on that scripture and pray that scripture over myself, the Lord began to give me clarity, began to give me direction, began to give me ideas and help me to know how to respond to those different things. Why? Because the word of God became personal. And when it became personal, it became powerful. This makes sense, guys? God wants to do some new things in all of our lives. But we have to make a personal choice to do it by faith. In John 16, 24, it says this, until now, you've asked me nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And then the final scripture here, Hebrews 10, 23 says this, we must hold on to God's promise that we have said we believed and we must never let go. Has he promised and he will do it. God's, can I tell you that God's faithful? Not only is he faithful, God's willing. God wants to do some new and great things in your life. But this morning, I want to encourage you in this. Be it done unto you as you have believed. Believe him for it. Trust him in it. Trust him with it. And watch what he'll do. Will you bow your heads? Father, we thank you for the opportunity and privilege it is to sit in the presence of your word. Lord, I thank you that as your word has gone forth today, it's fallen on the good ground of our hearts, that it's going to spring up and produce in every area of our lives. Father, I thank you that just as your scripture says that we walk by faith and not by sight, Lord, I thank you that as our faith grows, as your word becomes personal, I think it'll become powerful in the days ahead. Father, we thank you for this. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Derek, I don't know the Lord, but today I want to make a decision to start down a new path. Or maybe you, you, you knew the Lord at one point and you got off track, but, but you want to make a commitment today to get back on the path that the Lord has for you. Again, with every head bowed and eye closed, if, if one of those areas tugs on your heart, I'm going to ask you, just as an act of faith, if you'll raise your hand and say, today is my day where I want to make things different and get back on track with the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for those. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Well, we're going to do what we do each week as a church family. We're going to say a prayer together. Say it with me. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. 
We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.